0: He had a pipe and he was, he was hitting the office and uh, hitting the side of the wall here.
1: More disturbing displays of threats and acts of violence towards BC politicians. Are they part of a troubling trend? Plus. I don't think we should be footing the bill for that. that. That should be something that he absorbs. How some Surrey residents feel about their mayor's criminal charge and the legal costs.
2: The bad actors will try to milk more money from these victims. It's become a really big problem.
1: How a Delta police officer is part of an international effort to track cyber criminals.
2: You're watching
3: Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We'll get to those stories in a moment. But first, Vancouver police are investigating after a body was discovered in the caretaker's home at Akitsilano Park. Officers arrived at Tatlow Park on West 3rd Avenue between Bayswater and McDonald streets on Friday. The VPD says a body was found in a home in the park. Police are going in and out of the caretaker's residence as they collect evidence at the scene. Neighbors told Global News they hadn't seen the park's longtime caretaker in a few days. Neighbors say he lived alone and describe him as a friendly but frail man with health issues. His vehicle, a Honda Pilot, was towed away by police this afternoon. Police are trying to determine if the death is suspicious. More and more, it seems B.C. politicians are facing threats and actual acts of violence. B.C.'s forest minister has knocked to the ground as she walked home from the le- legislature earlier this week. And there was another disturbing incident on the steps of the legislature on Thursday. Plus, as Amadagahi reports, an MLA had a close call at his office on Wednesday.
0: The gentleman had come back here um, after we'd previously talked to him, and he was in a very, very agitated state.
4: Trevor Halford is explaining an incident from last Wednesday. What he was doing
0: or what he was saying and, you know, he was, he had a pipe and he was, he was hitting the office and uh, hitting the side of the wall here and, and over there. and Something that clearly was threatening,
4: but he describes it with compassion first and detail second.
0: This was a gentleman in our community that was struggling and needed some assistance.
4: As the MLA for White Rock South Surrey Halford also happens to hold the title of the official opposition critic to the Ministry of Mental Health and Addiction, something he says gave him the context to deal with this situation.
0: Having this portfolio for over a year is is definitely um, giving me insight to some of the struggles that this province, that this community is seeing when it comes to mental health and addictions.
4: It happened during a week that other BC politicians, although unrelated, were also involved in troubling incidents. Social media video from Thursday in Victoria shows figures representing the premier and two senior ministers being hanged in effigy by people at an anti-vax protest outside the legislature. This is pretty concerning stuff, right? Um, There is a, a, a pretty unmistakable subtext to hanging someone in effigy. The rally organizer told Global News the people who showed up with the disturbing effigies were not invited to the event. Others online have said that it wasn't threatening. But experts aren't buying it. These effigies weren't just on the fringes of... The rally, they were behind the stage. In meantime, police in Victoria are also investigating a strange and mysterious incident surrounding Forest Minister Katrine Conroy, who is recovering from minor injuries after being knocked down on her walk home from the legislature Tuesday night.
0: You know, we knew at that time that we were going to need some police support, and uh, credit to the White Rock RCMP, they were up here right away. Back in White Rock, Halford has had
4: plenty of time to reflect on what happened. And says he will walk away from it with an even sharper focus on helping people fighting addictions and mental health issues through his term. Emadagahi, Global News.
1: There are growing calls tonight for Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum to step down. It follows a criminal charge being laid in connection with an incident outside of a supermarket. Katherine Urquhart has more on the many challenges the mayor is now facing.
5: Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum is charged criminally with public mischief. That charge coming three months after he claimed he'd been struck by a car and injured. Now McCallum will also be facing a code of conduct complaint.
6: We believe his actions are wrong and that city council has an obligation to take action, including uh, removing him from city committees, etc., anything to do with policing.
5: Surrey's ethics commissioner has the authority to investigate complaints and recommend possible disciplinary action. In September, McCallum told Global News he'd been hit by a car driven by a woman collecting signatures for the Surrey Police Vote Initiative, which has been trying to keep the RCMP in Surrey.
7: As she she pulled out and and turned right, she clipped my knee and, and my bottom leg and then ran over my foot at the same time and then took off.
5: That Global interview is now evidence Sources say surveillance video is also evidence in the case against McCallum, who was represented by high-profile lawyer Richard Peck, paid for, it's believed, by taxpayers. This wasn't done on city business. He was going grocery shopping on his personal time. He's responsible, in my opinion, for his own legal bills. How do residents of Surrey feel about the criminal charge and costs?
6: Why is he getting us to pay to defend him?
5: I don't think we should be footing the bill for that. That that should be something that he absorbs. Despite calls for his resignation, McCallum has not resigned from council or the Surrey Police Board. The Ministry of Municipal Affairs is avoiding the matter, stating in part, the province hopes this matter can be resolved as quickly as possible. Local governments are democratically elected and are autonomous, responsible, and accountable within their jurisdiction.
6: This is about lying to the police... False report about doing things which uh, no citizen should do uh, involving a car accident, alleged car accident, but especially not the mayor of a city, a major city.
5: McCallum is due in court January 25th to face the charge of public mischief, which is committed when someone misleads or triggers a police investigation by making a false statement or accusation. The charge has a maximum sentence of five years in jail. Katherine Urquhart, Global News.
1: RCMP and commercial vehicle inspectors are urging essential travelers to slow down on Highway 3. Since enforcement on the windy route from Hope to Princeton ramped up on November 30th, at least 116 speeding tickets have been issued to trucks and passenger vehicles, including a truck ticketed and towed last Monday after police say its driver was caught going 96 kilometers an hour in a 50K zone. Checkpoints are in place and RCMP say there will be zero tolerance for speeding or dangerous driving. Commercial and emergency vehicles and essential deliveries are allowed, but drivers shouldn't be using Highway 3 to visit friends and family over the holidays. Last month, three people were killed when two commercial transport trucks collided head on and caught fire six kilometres west of Princeton.
3: Oh, it's crazy.
2: Lots of trucks, lots of traffic.
8: Well, I think there's more than essential traffic happening. There's a lot of cars going by. Yeah, yeah. Too many? I think so, yeah. <laughs> very narrow roads, very narrow corners. And so it's, uh, it's a tough go.
7: It's a challenging route, but um, as long as you take your time, it's, it's possible. You've got to drive the speed limit.
9: That's the big thing up there. There's a lot of windy roads and, uh, and changing conditions all the time, too.
1: Highway 3 will remain essential travel only through the holiday season, and drivers are urged to slow down. The latest winter storm that was forecast to hit the south coast didn't end up being as bad as first feared. A number of B.C. ferry sailings were cancelled due to high winds on Friday night, but that wasn't the case today. Wind gusts on the lower mainland hit 50 to 80 kilometers per hour. DC Hydro had crews out dealing with a number of outages. About 8,000 customers in Tofino and Ucluelet were without electricity for a short time overnight and about 4,000 in Abbotsford. Winter storm warnings do remain in effect for the mountain passes. Up to 30 centimeters of snow is expected along the Hope, Princeton by Sunday morning a cyber attack on a Vancouver area business has led to an international investigation. As Paul Johnson reports, it's part of a growing and costly trend that's impacting Canadians right across the country.
3: Meet cybercrime investigator Dustin Clausen about to leave for Europe to track leads in one of his latest cases.
2: It's a big deal for, uh, for us in Delta. I don't think we've ever uh, uh, partaken in such an international effort.
3: The fact that a city of Delta police constable is going to Europe to compare notes with his colleagues at Europol highlights the current and serious state of cybercrime, fully globalized and sparing no victims even among medium-sized companies in a city like Delta
2: BC because the uh, the cyber criminals are are so internationally based we don't really know where they are
3: but Clausen knows what they do and who they attack in this case a delta company that got hit with a ransomware attack a form of extortion that's exploded in recent years where criminals find a weakness in a company's network deploy software to lock them out of their own system, then demand a ransom to give it back.
2: Uh, What we are seeing is a lot lot more cyber-enabled crimes.
3: And a recent Angus Reid survey in Canada had similar findings. A surprising 58% of IT professionals say their organization at one time or another has paid a ransom. And the average ransom paid out by Canadian companies was more than $450,000 figure managers might keep in mind when considering costs associated with data security. But there's another trend in cybercrime that Claussen's been tracking, this one, targeting individuals.
2: Uh, The bad actors are setting up uh, fraudulent investment websites and then reaching out to individuals, uh, sometimes through uh, social media, sometimes through dating apps. Uh, They'll strike up a conversation and then invariably uh, they'll uh, turn the the, the conversation to uh, you know, cryptocurrency investment.
3: Cryptocurrency, a field where excitement frequently outstrips actual knowledge of how it works. It's become a prosperous hunting ground for grifters and criminals, who often reach out with this irresistible
2: approach. They'll say I'm an investor, I make lots of money here, I can make you lots of money, would you like to Would you like to give it a try?
3: In all of the scams Klassen is seeing common theme is companies that don't have the resources for effective security and consumers who don't have the knowledge to understand what they're getting into. Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: The search for a missing Sawasin woman has come to a tragic end. Davina McKaig went missing from her home in central Sawasin on Wednesday. Search crews scoured Delta for any sign of the 49-year-old woman. Today, they found her body in Sawasin. Police say there is no risk to the public. If you are looking for a challenge and don't mind jumping out of an airplane into a wildfire, then we know of a job for you. The BC Wildfire Service is looking to hire so-called smoke jumpers for its Paratac program. They're trained to respond to remote areas anywhere in the province within two hours. All you need is previous wildfire experience. They'll train you how to parajump. The 5-week-long course takes place in Fort St. John in the spring. Craig, Greg Jones has a smoke jumper for 9 years now and admits there's always a bit of fear and risk involved, but the training mitigates that.
6: It is incredible. It is a lot of fun. Um the jumping ends up being very little of it, like it's about a 90-second jump typically and then you can be up on a fire for up to up to 14 days, so it is it's an adventure, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: There are 18 three-person initial attack crews in the pair attack program for a total of about 70 people. The deadline to apply is January 22nd. You can get more information on the BC Wildfire website. A Steveston senior has been reunited with a big stash of cash that she had tucked away decades ago and forgotten about. As Emily Lazatin shows us, the bounty could be due to some good karma Fern Finn has created.
10: Here at the SOS Children's Thrift Store, employees come across lots of things. It's not often they find twelve hundred in cash tucked away in a donation box.
11: It's between the greeting cards, but I almost throw it away because it's all written, "I love you, Grandma," something like that. And I said, "Oh, sh- that that must be a mistake."
10: The items once belonging to eighty-six-year-old Fern Finn. The story behind the money. It was her rainy day fund. She started 25 years ago and just like anyone else had her own tricks to hide the goods.
7: Find a, a card that you know, has the three parts and uh, because you can put, slide it down in between and, and you hardly know that anything's in there.
10: Life went along and, well, it can be easy to forget where you stash cash. And that's what happened. Out of sight, out of mind. Two months ago, when Fern moved out of her family home to Richmond's Wisteria place, it was sent off by accident.
7: My sons had uh, emptied my closets, and in the closets were old cards, and in the cards were bags of money.
10: No stranger to the organization, she and her late husband supported for years. Two weeks ago, she got a call she didn't expect. And days later, reunited with her forgotten savings.
7: They just said that there was some money and some receipts.
10: I said, do you remember this? It's a TD bank. She said, oh, okay." She's still like, uh, I said, that's yours. Doesn't matter. It's yours. The chain of paying it forward doesn't end there. Fern's taking some 30 and newly purchased gifts, wrapped them up, and are now sitting under the tree at Wisteria Place. She has created a fundraising event
7: for SOS Children's Village, B.C. in her brand new home.
10: A donation in exchange for one of Fern's treasures.
7: I enjoyed it all, every minute of it, because I knew if it worked, it was going to go to the SOS
10: as for her habit and hiding cash in cards...
7: I'm going to change it. I mean, I have changed it.
1: Emily Lazatin, Global News. After the break, ethical holiday shopping. The fact that
5: it's in a store that also gives back to the community is huge.
1: A look at how your gifts this season can give well beyond the person receiving them. And a toy drive for some of the youngest people impacted by BC's floods. Well, as the second year of this pandemic comes to an end, many of us are thinking about ethical gift ideas. Kristen Robinson shows us how our buying choices can not only support local businesses, but also give humanity a hands-up and save lives.
12: At Found Boutique, customers are shopping local and changing lives at the same time.
5: You're giving back to the community by having your stuff
12: in here. As a union gospel mission social enterprise, the store sells donated consignment items while showcasing the work of 30 Canadian artisans, including Sam Sinclair, who owns an indigenous and inclusive clothing business.
5: You're not just throwing your money at a big brand. You're... Thinking about where it's going and how it's affecting things in the world, people, everything.
12: 100% of Found's net revenue goes back into the community through UGM's social programs. To help other people try to exit homelessness, help other people enter treatment recovery programs. There is no greater sense of community. There is no greater sense of a circular economy and giving back than what you're going to find at Found Boutique.
0: Uh, Books live Sort of forever.
12: Reading is an experience at Upstart and Crow, where co owner Ian Gill views books as the oldest and most sustainable technology. You can give a book away, you can hang on to a book, you can reuse a book. Every item on these shelves curated carefully, the bookstore specializes in content to inform people about their world, including Indigenous justice.
0: It's all part of just uh, developing the human spirit and the human mind in a good way. Uh, You can't do it without reading. We all need to be in this
12: together. Two years in, the World Health Organization says vaccine equity will accelerate the end of the global pandemic. Canadians have an opportunity to help the rest of the world get immunized with UNICEF's COVID vaccines delivery.
9: This sends such a powerful message that we stand with everyone in the world that is living through the COVID pandemic the same as we are, and perhaps not having the means to deal with it as effectively as we have in Canada.
12: For under $15, the survival gift will help ensure three people get their two
1: doses. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A toy drive has been set up for children impacted by the recent floods in B.C.
12: The kids (laughs) need the help, need the help to make a happy Christmas for them.
1: A steady stream of people have been dropping off toys and cash donations for those in need. The Lower Mainland Christmas Bureau is working with other bureaus across the province on the initiative. The toys collected today will go to kids in Abbotsford, Mission, Chilliwack, Merritt and Hope.
3: Our bureau through our partners with other bureaus reaches about eight to 9,000 families on a normal year. This is an important part of what we do. We're working diligently with the bureaus that are flood affected. We've managed to work with a bunch of them already. A lot of this product will go into backfilling whatever they need moving forward.
1: And a reminder, Global BC, 980 CKNW, AM730 and Global Okanagan are partnering for BC Together in support of BC Flood Relief. You can visit globalnews.ca slash bctogether check out the group Stepping Up to Help and donate to an organization of your choice and still ahead a grim cleanup is underway the latest as tornadoes rip through parts of the u.s leaving a trail of devastation across multiple states plus new zealand's plan to end smoking with a lifetime ban for future generations
13: Not a problem on the Patello Bridge, but in Surrey, prep for the Patello Bridge replacement is currently underway during the overnight hours. Old Yale Road is blocked to northbound traffic between Spruce and Highway 17 from 10pm to 5am until further notice. Southbound traffic can still get by, but still expect some minor delays and a detour in effect if this is your usual route. Planning a trip with BCA Channel Churn to get free COVID-19 medical coverage and worldwide virtual care from BC's top choice. From the Global Traffic Helicopter, I'm Jackson McNulty.
1: Kentucky's governor says he fears tornadoes may have claimed more than 100 lives in his state. The storms ripped through dozens of buildings, including a nursing home, an Amazon facility, and a candle factory. Now the grim cleanup is underway. NBC's Jay Gray has the story.
6: Lightning reveals a massive funnel overnight. Daylight reveals the devastation left behind. Deep scars littered with debris from wrecked communities across five states after a string of reported tornadoes, three dozen or more.
3: This is likely to be one of the largest tornado outbreaks in our history.
6: Reducing homes and buildings to crumbled brick and mortar. The devastation is, is unlike anything I have seen in my life, and, and I have trouble putting it into words. My first stop was that candle factory. 110 people. Working in it, at the time the storm hit, they rescued 40. There's at least 15 feet of metal with cars on top of it. Barrels of corrosive chemicals that are there. It'll be a miracle if anybody else is found uh, alive. A mess that stretches across the Midwest and Southeast. But this twisted metal, splintered wood, and shattered glass isn't the real loss here. By the end of today or tomorrow, um, we will be north of at least 70 lives lost here in Kentucky. I think we will have lost more than 100 people. The confirmed numbers aren't nearly that high, but teams fear what they will find as the search and recovery continues. Somebody described it as a war zone. That's kind of what it looks like right now.
3: Our citizens are badly, badly hurt, and they're scared to death right now in terms of all those folks who they can't figure where they are. Where's my son? Where's my daughter, my husband, my wife, my mom?
6: Survivors describing that battle with Mother Nature.
11: The windows start breaking, dogs flying through the air. I didn't know what to do.
6: Fear that's shifting now to the overwhelming pain from all that's lost. Jay Gray, NBC News, Monette, Arkansas.
1: Leading Canadian tobacco researchers suggest our lawmakers should take note of a new law proposed in New Zealand. The legislation would ban the sale of cigarettes to anyone in New Zealand born before 2008. Those born after 2008 would have access to cigarettes that contain significantly less nicotine. The crackdown was made after efforts to curb tobacco use proved to be moving too slowly. Experts say a law here would need a made-in-Canada approach.
2: What New Zealand is showing here is that we can do better and we can do faster. Um, and these are the, the processes that, that, that need to be put in place uh, to be able to do that. And we need to start those discussions around how to do that here um, right away.
1: If passed, New Zealand's retail tobacco industry would face some of the most restrictive measures in the world. With Christmas holidays just around the corner, many people are planning to get together with friends and family. But there are some things you need to know to stay safe during the pandemic. Devin Grayson, assistant professor at UBC's School of Population and Public Health, says the best advice is to keep your gathering small. And despite what some people may think, there is no known risk of catching COVID-19 from prepared food like a turkey. The same goes for packages or gifts. And they say it is appropriate to ask someone's vaccine status at a holiday gathering. While it can be awkward, we really encourage people to communicate ahead of time with those with whom you'll be
12: meeting up uh, so that everyone understands we're on, on the same page about expectations. Is this an event where everyone will need to be vaccinated? Are we all going to wear a mask? Will we need to bring warm clothing because windows will be open or we're going to take a walk outside?
1: Grayson says the most important thing to keep in mind, if you're sick, stay home. Coming up next, airport evacuation. What set off alarm bells at Kelowna's airport and when passengers were allowed back inside?
6: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: We'll tell you who's on board the Blue Origin spacecraft launched to the edge of space coming up in just a moment. But first, let's focus in on how things are looking weather-wise here on Earth, bringing in meteorologist Yvonne Schalfer. Look at the forecast, Yvonne.
11: Neetu, we had a bit of unsettled weather. It was more so overnight leading in towards the morning hours to kick things off for our weekend. We are still going to see a bit of instability and a slight chance for some flurries or snow for higher elevations. We'll have more coming up in just a moment. It's dry out of the airport. We're currently sitting at 4 degrees. We've got breezy conditions at southwesterly at 28, but we have the potential to still see gusts of up to 40 kilometers per hour and then easing off as we get in overnight tonight. Now, here's the next weather maker and system that is going to push in across the south coast. We are still seeing a few isolated showers, and there is the potential. It's really higher elevations that will have the chance for some flurries overnight and in towards the morning hours. Temperatures will be cold enough. We'll dip down close toward the freezing mark, but it's higher elevations. Westwood Plateau, SFU, the usual spots, could see up to 2 centimeters and then easing off through The day tomorrow. We will still hang on to that chance for some showers. A few breaks in there. Temperatures tomorrow will bump up to four degrees. Average for this time of the year sits closer to six. Putting the future cast into place so that early morning hour, there's the swath of moisture. There is going to be some instability along the western edge of the island with even the risk of thunderstorms, and the northern regions could see some ice pellets or a slight chance for some showers or flurries changing over as well. Much of the southern interior, however, its mountain passes overnight leading in towards the morning hour. is a big concern. You will want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. The Kootenai Pass continuing through the day, 30 and up to 40 centimetres. Tomorrow morning it should ease off along the Kootenai Pass, but for the Coquihalla, Allison as well as Whistler could continue to see some of that snowfall leading in towards the afternoon and upwards of 10 and potentially up to 20 centimetres along the Coquihalla. So check in with the latest road conditions but we're still seeing snow heavy at times overnight and leading in towards tomorrow morning. Much of the northern half of the province will see a few flurries in the mix. It's inland dry but chilly for the northeastern corners. Central interior tomorrow with some breaks in there. The southern interior it's higher elevations. Mountain passes will see that accumulating snowfall. Most areas near the valley bottoms will be a chance for some flurries and then easing off some clearing on the way for much of the southern interior. Instability along the south coast will be for the western edge of the island. Victoria tomorrow will be into some breaks, we will see the chance for some flurries, especially for the early morning hours, and then up to two centimeters, and then just a chance of showers. A bit unsettled until next week, on and off. We do see the slight potential for some snow, but looks to be for higher elevations. Nithu, all right. Thanks
1: so much, Yvonne. Blue Origin has launched six passengers up into space in their new Shepard rocket. NFL star Michael Strahan, along with two guests and four customers, blasted off bright and early at 10:01. The rocket reached 340,000 feet, with the round-trip journey taking just 11 minutes. Jeff Bezos, the owner, owner rather of Blue Origin, says they have sold nearly 100 million worth of tickets for future customers. As for the price, well, that remains a mystery. The- probably
9: high. by invitation only
11: yes i would yes. imagine <laughs> absolutely and no discounts i don't think yeah. no like and no yeah, frequent black...
9: flyer miles i mean no. you'd really pile it up yeah. going that far in-
1: i think we're getting close to that point <laughs> <laughs> we're also getting closer to sports barry what do you have coming up
9: well, those uh, Canucks continue to have the juice playing under Bruce. That's uh, three in a <laughs> row after winning uh, last night in another shootout. The, uh, the entertainment value of the games has been fantastic. And uh, really, it was uh, incredible goaltending by Thatcher Demko that uh, got the win. So we'll talk about that. And uh, the Olympics are coming up just eight weeks away. And on that, Brody Seeger, who's a skier from North Van, he uh, has hopes of uh, making his Olympic debut, and uh, we'll have his story coming up as well.
1: Looking forward to that. Thanks so much, Barry. Also ahead, the leak that prompted an airport evacuation, and how long these travelers waited before they were allowed back inside Kelowna's airport. With most of the highways closed, it was the last thing people flying out of Kelowna wanted this morning, a long, chilly wait in the cold for a delayed flight. As Darian Matassafong reports, it was all due to a false alarm.
13: Hundreds of people were evacuated Saturday morning at the Kelowna International Airport.
9: Uh, this morning at around 9 o'clock, we had the alarm panel indicate that There was flow in the sprinkler system, so that was activated. And as a result of that, the building went into full alarm, which caused an evacuation of the
13: facility. Passengers left to wait outside for over an hour. Once they were allowed back in, everyone had to be re-screened at customs before going back into the terminal. So what happened was... We had about an hour delay on a few flights and about a 30-minute delay on another flight. Made for an unusual morning for passengers, many worried about the possibility of missing their connecting flights. We're all, uh, we're all,
2: you know, stuck here. Everyone that was in departures had to get kicked out and go back to security again.
13: Here, what we thought was plenty of time
0: for a flight um, and saw fire trucks and lineups going out every single door. Uh, a little worried about getting on our time, but uh, I think everybody says we'll be okay.
11: They evacuated everybody, including in security. It's far from normal, as you can tell from the lineup behind me and in front of
13: me. It was an unusual occurrence for airport staff as well. The fire sprinkler system hasn't sprung a leak in over a decade.
9: It's very rare to have the sprinkler
13: system be activated into the second stage like that. Now we do checks on a regular basis. The system has since been reset and is back online. The airport is asking all passengers to check their flight information on its website for possible delays. Darian matassa Global News, Kelowna.
1: All right, Barry's back with your sports highlights after the break. And later, the aquarium welcoming daily dives from Santa right up until Christmas Day. Stay with us.
9: in supporting British Columbians who need our help. Global BC, 980 CKNW, AEM 730, and Global Okanagan are partnering for BC Together in support of BC Flood Relief. Visit globalnews.ca slash bctogether to donate to an organization of your choice that are helping communities in need. Don't miss Dolly Parton's Smoky Mountain Christmas Carol playing this holiday season. Set during 1930s Eastern Tennessee, enjoy this reimagined musical version of a Dickens classic.
3: If you want to know, on If you want to show, on the Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now.
1: All right, Barry's back with a full look at sports and it seems like things are off to a great start for the new coach.
9: It's amazing. A week ago, uh, who would have saw this coming? No kidding. Travis Green was still coaching a week ago. Things change hurry. in a hurry. Thanks so much, <laughs> Neetu. The uh, Canucks' extra juice while playing for Bruce has been noticeable and downright entertaining. And they are a perfect 3-0 and since Bruce Boudreau took over from Travis Green. But it also helps to have Thatcher Demko playing out of his mind, and Demko was the reason they got the two points last night against Winnipeg, making a number of five-alarm saves that has almost become routine.
0: Jets break up three on two. Connor
6: in on the left wing. Kyle sent center for Wheeler, and a glove
3: saved by Thatcher Demko, stretched out and somehow got that
6: one off the stick of Wheeler, who was looking for his second of the period. Here's Wheeler on a breakaway. Blake Wheeler in on Demko, stopped by Thatcher Demko. He made a stick save, no corner. Stopped by Demko. Two huge saves. Ehlers hoping for a breakaway. Phoebe's got it. Nikolai Ehlers in on Thatcher Demko. Demko the save.
3: Demko the save, and the Canucks win. Five for five in shootout saves the last two games, and Thatcher
6: Demko continues to astonish in goal for Vancouver.
3: He must have stopped um, five breakaways tonight. I think you know. Um, so I mean, when you get that kind of goaltending, you, you're you're in in most every game. And uh, um, again, wasn't our best, but we can build off of it. And um, as long as we don't get satisfied with what we're doing here and think that that can go on and, and win a majority of our games. That won't happen. we got to get better. Well, since Bruce Boudreaux
9: arrived on Monday, he's made a point of trying to tell his most talented players to shoot the puck more. And Elias Petterson may be the biggest culprit. He is overpassing so much right now. Despite the fact he did score a great goal in the shootout with a deke, Boudreaux wants to see Pettersson unleash the slapper and the wrister as much as possible
3: because it is a weapon that needs to be used. I mean, I hope he understands that when he shoots the puck, he's got, you know, He's got a chance. It was a couple times in the second period he tried to make the cute little passes. He's being very unselfish, but I want him to be way more selfish because his shot is such a, a good attribute. And if he can use it more and then people will come to him, then people will be more open. So
9: NHL tonight, Leafs and the Blackhawks. First period on the power play. Already 2-1 Toronto. Andre Kasha to Austin Matthews. Just had a seven-game goal-scoring streak snap. Starts a new one tonight as 18th. Nine-game point streak, 3-1 Leafs. Third period now, 4-3 Leafs. Jake McCabe from distance past Peter Morazic, who is back in the net after a long layoff with injury. It's 4-4, but late in the third, Morgan Riley shoot-in off the glass stanchion right out front to David Kemp. Puts it in the open net. David Lankin and caught out of his net there, and the Leafs catch a break, and they win it 5-4. Lightning and the Senators this afternoon from Ottawa. The Sens playing much better after a rocky start. Brady Kachuk on the power play here. Made a 2-0 Ottawa. Bit of a bump there on the goalie by uh, Norris, but Tampa didn't challenge. 2-0, goal stands. And then Kachuk on the power play would deflect the point shot. That made it uh, two, three to nothing, and he uh, scored an empty netter for his first career hat trick as the Sens upset the Lightning four nothing. American Hockey League: Abbotsford Canucks were winners in San Jose, five to one. They improved to eight seven and three. Evander Kane did play for the Barracuda; his season debut didn't get any points, but he did have five shots on goal. MLS final from Portland. Timbers taking on NYC FC from New York City. Full house of almost 40,000, but the visitors get on the board first. Valentin Castellanos with the header that just dribbles over. It's 1-0. Stays that way until literally seconds before the final whistle. But Felipe Mora, with literally 10 seconds from time, keeps the Timbers alive. And the Timbers army is going wild. That is got to be the best atmosphere of any MLS park so no scoring in extra time we go to penalties timbers missed their first two so advantage to new york city and now new york city for the win alexander callens can do it and he does hammers at home and new york city fc are the mls champions for the first time as they win at 4-2 on penalty kicks English Premiership today. Second place Liverpool at Anfield hosting Aston Villa. Nothing going until mid-second. Mo Salah on the attack. Taken down in the box. Penalty awarded. He earned it. So is going to take the penalty. He would have took it anyway. And he hammers it in. This is how you take a penalty. No doubt about it. Liverpool win 1-0. Man City also won to stay in first. And they remain a point up on Liverpool. Chelsea trying to keep pace. Taking on Leeds United. time. Mason Mount will draw Chelsea even. They were down early, but Marcos Alonso to Mount, and it's 1-1. It was 2-1 Chelsea when Leeds will equalize in the 83rd. Joe Gelhardt off the feed from Tyler Roberts. It's 2-2, but in extra time, a penalty awarded to Chelsea, and Jorginho puts it away. Chelsea remain third, a point behind Liverpool and 2 behind man city and man united visiting last place norwich city this match too decided by a penalty cristiano ronaldo elevating in the box to play that ball in taken down penalty awarded and in the driving rain it's ronaldo with impeccable form smashes it in united win 1-0 they're now fifth with 27 points Tomorrow morning, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton will do battle to see who wins the Formula One driver's title. There, of course, will be a full field around them, but it's all about these two who are tied for first place in the overall standings. In qualifying today, Hamilton trying to get that pole position, but uh, he ended up Finishing second to who else but Verstappen, who won the pole. He was faster in the final two sectors of the track. Verstappen and Hamilton on the front row, where they should be for their duel tomorrow. Lance Stroll qualified 13th, Nicholas Latifi 16th. Summerland's Justin Cripps in Winterberg, Germany, for the World Cup four-man bobsled. Canada makes a a bit of a mistake on their final run, but still finished third, 14-100s behind the winner Francesco Friedrich of Germany. Cripps consistently on the podium this year, and he will be a definite medal threat in Beijing. And speaking of Beijing, North Van skier Brody Seeger is pretty much a lock to make his Olympic debut this February in China, although Canada's Olympic ski team won't officially be announced until late January. Seeger is a speed specialist doing the downhill and super G, and at age 25 is poised to make a breakthrough on the World Cup circuit.
3: Let's go, Brody. Come on, come on. Oh shit. Bye.
9: North Vancouver's Brody Seeger is in his fourth World Cup season, and so far, well, it's been all downhill. He's had three top 20 finishes, and then at last year's World Championship, showed he is ready to break through when he came within a whisker of a bronze medal, placing a career best fourth in the Super G.
8: It didn't even cross my mind that I had missed out on a world championship medal by four hundredths of a second until I walked out of the corral and everybody's giving me this look like, oh, I'm so sorry, you're so close. And I'm like, what do you mean, so sorry? That was the best result of my life. I'm so fired up. To make it to the podium
9: in skiing, you have to push it to the edge, but still stay somewhat controlled. It's a fine line, and when you cross it, this happens, and it happens to all of them eventually.
8: I think I think you can only describe it as a complete blur. I crashed in the last turn of the downhill in Val d'Isere. I was inside of the finish, caught an edge and I just went head over heels and that was one of those crashes that went by like a total blur. I just felt myself go over the bars and <laughs> tumbling around, I had no idea what happened and suddenly I'm on my butt in the finish. <laughs>
9: Being a world-class skier is hard work. The endless training and race schedule are intense, and it's going to hurt. But Seeger's had a little help from his friends, literally. Most of Team Canada's men's alpine team
8: grew up skiing together in Whistler. Guys like Broderick Thompson and Jack Crawford. We are friends outside of, of the sport, and we already have to spend you know, 90% of the year together. <laughs> um, but it's the same guys you would hang out with when you're home anyway. So uh, it it feels a little bit more like you have some family when you don't see your own family for for so much of the year. But there's not
9: a greater inspiration for Brody than his dad, Mark, who's been battling ALS for the past nine years. So earlier this year, Brody started a fundraising initiative, a contest to design a helmet to raise awareness and money. At last count, it raised $17,000 for the ALS Society of BC.
8: I was already away for training when the helmet paint job got finished, so I had to ask my mom to pick it up and ship it out there to me. And uh, it came with a little letter in it that he that he had typed up for me. And uh, I, it, brought, it, it brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. that. <laughs> I think he's, he's pretty proud.
9: That's awesome. And Brody just flew back to Europe yesterday and will compete at Valgardena, Italy next weekend as he uh, makes his climb towards the Olympics in February.
1: Wishing him the best of luck. Thanks so much, Barry. And coming up, we'll tell you about the diving Santa Claus swimming among fish in an aquarium. Stay with us. Claus paid a special visit to a Japanese aquarium today take a look he was spotted spreading Christmas cheer and fish food enough to feed about 3,000 fish this is Santa's first visit to the aquarium he'll continue to make daily dives right up until Christmas Day but it's probably a good idea to get that suit dry clean before the midnight <laughs>
9: it's like Santa dropped some weight yeah.
10: <laughs>
1: Active, like all these folks, hundreds of runners got into the Christmas spirit with a sprint through Stanley Park this afternoon. The annual Elf Run left from Lumberman's Arch. There was a 1K run for the little ones and a 5 to 10 and 15K run for the grown-ups. Close to 800 people, many dressed as elves, signed up. Close to $7,000 was raised for the Vancouver Christmas Bureau. Who's it's the final dash there. <laughs> Good way to keep warm, but temperatures were a little chilly today, weren't they, in that area?
11: Yeah, and it is going to be chilly once again overnight tonight. With that temperature getting close to or hovering the freezing mark, we have the chance for a few flurries, and it's really higher elevations that could see up to 2 centimeters, so it's overnight and in towards our Sunday morning. Higher elevations like Westwood Plateau, SFU will all be included within that. We could see a few flurries in the mix. And then most areas across Metro Vancouver, it'll be mainly cloudy with the chance of showers. Kind of similar to what we're seeing today, but cooler for the morning hours. And then unsettled a bit into next week, we'll have some on and off showers and a few flurries as well.
1: I think a lot of people have been keeping an eye on the forecast this week. Any storms that you're tracking right now?
11: Uh, good news is, is we've got snow. So for okay. higher elevations, the mountains. Um, but we're just looking at sort of on and off unsettled conditions as we get in later on this week.
9: Yvonne, I have a request. I would like some dull weather.
11: Yeah. This is just just for
1: a week. Just Just so we can chill. Nothing
11: exciting. I I, I would too. I would like a little
1: break. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, on that note, stay safe out there, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11.